0: Welcome to Redcaps Red Caps Podcast, a podcast where we dip our caps in the blood of our listeners and ramble on about old school games. Today's episode, we're going to talk to an expert on solo RPGs. As you know, no mortal can outrun a Red Cap. So sit back, listen, and I hope you enjoy. Deborah, thank you for coming to the show.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it.
0: As I said there in the opening, I consider you kind of an expert on solo RPGs because every time I go to search for anything on it, I come across the Geek Gamers YouTube channel and I see you sitting there with a crochet hook pointing at various things and telling us how to do this. Um, tell me a little bit about your channel and how you got started into doing that.
1: Well, thank you so much for, for saying that. I'm glad I'm glad my tagging of videos is working in the search. I, I started actually not doing so much about RPGs on the channel. I did board games. And I started the channel somewhat accidentally with just wanting to spend time with one of my kids. We did a video of a game we were playing that there didn't seem to be a video on. It was um, an old um, victory point game, sort of States of Siege thing. And it it evolved from there. I did uh, games that I had in my game closet that didn't seem to have many videos on them because I guess I played some obscure games or I had interest in some old Avalon Hill games and some sci-fi war games, things of that nature. And then through that, I started, I did a video, I think maybe it was the fantasy trip that I did first that was kind of dipping into the RPG area, because that was a system that I had played around with a lot. And from that, I got into more of doing the RPGs and the solo RPGs in, in particular, because that's really what I had played. And uh, the first video, or some of the first videos, was the James Bond assault game that's from 1986. And that is a game that is meant to be paired with the James Bond 007 RPG. And in the game that I was, the game demo that I did, I did that. So I took the board game component and I added the RPG to it. And then from there, it was kind of that was often running with the solo RPG focus of the channel.
0: I've seen a lot of folks that play solo RPGs kind of do that mash of taking a game that may not be an RPG game, but uh, is a typical board game would have you and kind of merge it in with a rule set of of an RPG and, and run a narrative off of that. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Fantasy Trip, one of my favorite games, I think it's fantastic and it's critically not talked about enough. I do really enjoy every time I kind of seem to come to your channel, though, you're playing a different game. You have a wide selection of, of games. Is there is there one or more that you find work better for playing in solo or is it kind of almost take any rule set and, and you know work it with a narrative that you want to do?
1: I think for me, I could probably take any rule set and and do anything with it because I'm really focusing on narrative. Structures and playing with narrative more so than I am the the rules and I have any number of videos on my channel where I Demonstrate to start a session not even knowing what rules I'm going to play and when I make those videos I actually don't know what rules I'm going to play but I start to create a story that I know I'm going to play out and flesh out with some kind of rule set and then based on the story that develops I'll think for my own repertoire of Rule sets that I have, or that I know what might be a good fit for that. So I do think you can use anything. I think some are perhaps more in line with soloing than others, or at least in line with soloing for me than others. And those tend to be perhaps ones that would fall maybe more into the light or medium category of rules overhead. But again, that's not, that's just my own preference. You know, you could. Solo something like Traveler. I haven't done that, but I've been thinking about it. Where to me, I think you know, all the rules for absolutely everything to making a spaceship and every little detail. I think you would be omitting so much, or at least I would be omitting so much by necessity. I'm not sure why I would go to that rule set for a sci fi feel, but I think you could use any rule set truly.
0: I haven't played very many sci fi um, games, but I am a big fan of Kevin Crawford and his. Uh his various books. And he has obviously Stars Without Numbers, kind of his big one. Um, that might be something to look into. He bases them off of BX.
1: I totally agree. I think that's been on my long list of things to do. And I really, sh- I don't have a video on that. And I definitely should. Absolutely. I think his rules in general are quite good for soloing. And he has many different themes that he talks about. And obviously, Scarlet Heroes is one that comes to mind because it's explicitly for solo but he has other ones like i did a video on um i think it's called silent legions which is sort of the cthulhu-esque that works really well solo also
0: you mentioned that you played solo rpgs more so than you did um, traditional dm and player rpgs is there a particular reason was it a availability of games around you or a comfort reason or just wanting to control you know a solo narrative rather than a group narrative overall
1: well, I'll say that when I first became aware of Dungeons and Dragons as a kid, I was immediately drawn to it. And when I got to college, there were really no opportunities for me in high school to be aware of at least a D&D group. I'm sure there were some, but I wasn't. As a girl, you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't so easy to find out about, let's put it that way, you know, pre-internet growing up. And when I got to college, I went right to the D&D group and probably stayed about 10 minutes <laughs> because it wasn't super welcoming and I didn't feel very comfortable there. I was the only girl, only young woman there. And I think the guys were not so excited to see me. And, you know, I tend to be somewhat introverted anyway and I just didn't really pursue it. So I think that was, it, it was a little off-putting initially, but why I've kept up with the solo I think is just the way I've developed, I like to read a lot and I professionally, I read for a profession and I read for my enjoyment. And I just read a lot of rule sets and in reading a lot of rule sets, I started to throw together some characters and as time passed, eventually I would just start to give the character something to do. And then I would try to create a response to that. And that's kind of how it developed organically for me. I think at this point now it's more circumstantial. I have the YouTube channel that I do, I have a family, I have a full-time job, you know, it's more of a convenience. I can get some access to the RPG experience on my own time, as opposed to right now in this stage of my life, I don't have, well, of course nobody can do this necessarily (laughs) right now, but say forgetting the pandemic I don't really have the opportunity to say once a week for 5 hours or 3 hours I'm going to spend gaming with friends it's just not where my life is right now
0: Yeah I think the the biggest bane to any any sort of a gaming Setup is is scheduling. Um, I think that's yeah. that. no, no matter no matter what the time is, especially in times like now, but even even in the before times, uh, scheduling has always been the biggest issue. So if you can play by yourself, you get to set your own schedule, and that play makes it much easier. Um, I picture, I, I, given how much you're saying you're reading and and the amount of different uh, rule sets and characters that you've done up, I just imagine notebooks and notebooks and no, notebooks all around you that you've filled out do you do that when you're playing solo? Typically, do you keep a record of stuff that you don't record? Or is it more you play it out? And that was my fun for that time. And and you don't keep uh, maybe super meticulous records on on each game.
1: I definitely do not keep super meticulous records. I, I think I do keep it's probably more just game by game or session by session or rule set by rule set. And then I I don't actually toss it necessarily, but they are all in various notebooks and I might not refer to them. What I do do a little bit more systematically is when something arises in a game, when I am playing and there's like an interesting narrative twist or a response from the rule set or something that happens that seems like I could apply that as a general principle or something to talk about say on the YouTube channel I'll keep a kind of separate note about that. Oh, I maybe I want to do a video on that so I did a video uh, a while ago on creating themes in RPG play because I was playing and I'm realizing I do this kind of instinctively but I realized I could talk about it in a way that might make sense or might be instructional for people who are coming to the channel so as the channel has grown and as I've become more committed on the channel to teaching about how to do or how I do solo RPGing, I have, I do keep those kind of notes. And I'll say, you know, I think at the beginning you might've said something like I uh, talk about how to do it. I, I think you could do solo RPGing really in any way that you want. I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way. I do think there are some narrative principles and narrative understandings about how narrative works that if you have them and if you understand what they are, it might make doing a solo RPG session more rewarding. It might make you less in a position where you're kind of rolling the dice to try to just like get an answer that will move you forward, which is kind of, that's just not that fun because you're, or at least not that fun to me, because that's when you kind of fall into, Needing the structure of a board game, you know, a board game provides you a structure when you roll a dice to get somewhere. And an RPG rule set without the GM really doesn't.
0: Yeah, I found sometimes when I've been trying to to experiment with solo RPGing, um, I get myself caught up where I'll do a role and then I'm like, okay, well, I gotta go write down what this role was and why I did the role and what the role came, and then I then it kind of throws me out of the story altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm trying I'm trying to get myself more into like, no, just don't worry about recording it. Just continue telling the story, and then if you want to do a recap afterwards, you can. But um, I, I, I don't know if it's the if I don't know if it's from playing as a GM and trying to keep track of everything that I'm having a hard time getting myself out of the headspace. But um, I find that's usually my biggest problem is is not um, maybe micromanaging it as I go and just letting it flow as per normal.
1: I think that is pretty common, especially when people come to solo RPGing from tabletop RPGing and there is maybe even an just implicit expectation that you're trying to kind of do the same thing or get the same exact experience or mimic that experience of sitting around with a GM and a bunch of friends. And I don't really think, I don't view it that way. I don't think you can do that. And for me, I'm not trying to do that. I think that the solo RPGing is different. It's really creating a story with the help of RPG rules and conventions and randomizers like Dice. And you're both the GM and the player, obviously, but really what you're doing is something more like game storytelling or enjoying, say, playable fiction, something like that, or emergent fiction. You could think of it that way. And I think changing the mindset a little bit about thinking about what you're there to do and Therefore, what a quote-unquote success or quote-unquote failure in doing that is kind of opens it up a little bit and makes it more possible to enjoy different things that happen in in the session as opposed to looking for the kind of enjoyment that you might get from a traditional RPG experience.
0: How do you handle making sure that you don't turn just completely into an author uh, when you're playing? So there's there's been times where I've rolled a dice and I looked at it and went no, that's not going to make any sense in this story. And I'm going to go my own way with it and plug in whatever I felt was right. But then there's a fine line where you, where you can do that to a point And then you're like, oh, am I still actually playing the game or am I just writing a story? And I'm wondering that's how, you, how you balance it. <laughs>
1: yeah, that is a really great question. And I think sometimes sometimes it happens where you just, it. I don't want to say you're stuck, but you do just sort of turn into that, like, I don't like that. And I don't really like that. And for me, because I'm not really looking to do a whole narrative journaling. and, And a lot of people do do that. And I know that a lot of soloists do that. And that's a very legitimate way of experiencing solo RPGing. It's just not my interest, but When I get too far into that, frankly, I just maybe stop. (laughs) You know, I say like, well, you know what? This really isn't working out that much. I'm not that engaged in it. You know, you can always try. There's tricks you can try. You can you can try the trick of like, okay, end scene, and then just like pick up something totally new. Um, You can always go to a random table and do a couple of rolls and just try to see how you could connect something or turn something small into something big. And by that, I mean have your character say find a trinket lying around and then from that trinket roll out or develop the history of it or the connection of it or who made it or who left it anything like that that might spark something that would give you something new into the the scene where you are so you don't have to keep rolling the dice and just trying to look something up but that it definitely happens and i think As with anything, you know, sometimes we have gaming experiences that aren't all that. And, you know, maybe that's just one of those times.
0: What is the most common tool? Because I know you use a ton of different tools, whether it's rule sets or what have you. But what is the most common, um, either like Oracle or um, emulator or uh, tool set that you use? And what, on the flip side of that, what would be maybe the most novel or most unique one that you've used um, as you're kind of going through your various games?
1: I think I I did a video on my channel that was called my solo RPG wallet revealed because I have this wallet where I have a bunch of Oracle tables or well it's Oracle tables and like a percentile table in there various times that pe- various ones that people have people have created. I think for me the one that I use the most is just a super basic one. It's a d100 table. I don't even know who made it. Anybody could have made it. It's just divides up into like from one to if you roll between a one and a 90 it's a sure thing like a total yes and then all the way down to if you roll between one and 10 it's like impossible and then it breaks it down so very very simple. I'm not a big fan of Oracle tables and I know there are some great emulators out there like obviously mythic is very popular the fate system is very popular. I tend not to use them because I find in my sessions, if I start relying too much on that, again, if I'm relying too much on a die roll to give me a narrative direction, it means for me that I haven't really built the story up enough. So for me, I don't use a ton of them, but I would say that another one that I really like is there's a D it's a D20 table where it's basically all the way from, you know, impossible to definite, you know, total yes to a total no, but within it, it's broken down. So it's like slightly more likely, maybe possibly. And I feel like that, you know, if I have a feeling, if I, if I'm sort of, I have a feeling, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe this thing's going to be magic that I understand. Maybe I feel like I can go to that table and see what the role would be and then, and then do the rolling. So Um, When I, to the extent that I use things like that, that's what they are. I would say the most surprising one that I use is, and I've done this also on the channel, to go to a novel, um, nothing related to RPGing, but say, Victorian, some Victorian literature that I might know well, and just do a random roll and get a page from a novel and start reading. And then read until there's something there that makes sense, and I can connect to my story in some way and use that to determine what happens next, or who I meet, or what I found, or something like that. So I'm fond of just going right outside of gaming altogether to get inspiration. I do this also with architecture books, is another favorite of mine where I will take one of my, I have an interest in architecture and design, building design, and I'll just take one of those books and roll a dice within the, you know, or use a randomizer on the computer to get a page number and just start reading and use that for inspiration.
0: I really like the idea of that of taking a, taking a novel and then just reading until something on that page kind of clicks. That's, that's an excellent idea. Um, It's,
1: it's, it's great because it does take you outside and it also reinforces the concept that what, at least my sense of what Solo RPGing is at its heart is making a progressively revealed story that's going to develop. And it is going to you're you're playing that story out using the mechanics of a rule set, but that ultimately what's happened is it's this progressive reveal that you're trying to get at, I think, as the soloist. And that's the that's the kind of grail of <laughs> soloing, is you want a way to have that emerge from your game mechanics and in a way that makes sense, but is also surprising. And I think going outside of the RPG world can really help.
0: How how long are most of your sessions when you play? Is it, or I guess maybe you how long are the stories generally? And, and is it like a one session and you're done with that story? Or do you have ones that have been going on for ages and you just pick it up as as you have inspiration for it?
1: I definitely don't have ones that go on for ages, although I will say I have in, it's not really an RPG, but there's a pen and paper, a PNP game called Pocket Dungeon, and it's a pretty straightforward sort of dungeon crawl that um, is, I played many years ago, and I found some old characters that I left in a, in a folder, and I took them out, and I had made little story notes with them, and I picked them back up again, and as if time had passed, but generally speaking, I would say I am doing um, a couple of sessions until I feel like there's some conclusion. And again, partially that's my own circumstances. I feel a great responsibility to the channel now to be presenting and doing lots of different things. And uh, my sense of what I want to do on the channel is not to just run one long story, as I think is great do but it's just not what i'm interested in doing so there's partially that because a lot of my playtime is for the channel and partially it's just my own interest in experiencing as many rule sets as i can but i will revisit rule sets so i will play a session that's maybe two three hours over two or three sessions and i feel done with it and that doesn't mean i won't play those rules ever again because i definitely will and i definitely do um, occasionally I'll go back and look at the character and maybe remember that story. And maybe that story then becomes like a minor background story for the new thing that I'm doing, but I'm usually making new characters and, and making new stories.
0: And has there been, is there one that, um, if you, if you were to tell somebody I had this amazing session, like what, is, what is your, uh, gold standard of the stories that you've put out? Like, what is the one that sticks in your head and you're like, yep, that, that went perfectly. Or maybe it went completely wrong, but it's still incredibly <laughs> memorable, whichever it may be. Right,
1: right. Well, almost maybe the latter. I think the one that the one that comes to my mind when I'm asked this question and the one that seems to stick with a lot of my viewers on the channel is I did something on the Warhammer Quest role play system. And in that video, all the characters fell into this pit and like one after the other tried to get the other one out and they kept kind of falling in and it it became very amusing. And that... The sense of humor developing out of a session, I think, is very novel and doesn't always happen. And that makes something memorable to me. I will say also that when I did my Iron Sworn videos, I did my Iron Sworn videos shortly after I had done a vlog, a series of videos on uh, learning Magic Realm or attempting to learn Magic Realm. And I used as my characters in Iron Sworn, some of the character cards from Magic Realm And I was really happy with the way that turned out. I had, for my sense personally, I had a real strong feeling about the characters and how they were working in the Iron Sworn world. And also the connection to the art and uh, the concepts for Magic Realm, just that really worked well, I thought.
0: Excellent. Is there anything that you would suggest to folks that? have only ever played the traditional, you know, DM with players and they're, they're, they're locked up. Maybe they don't want to play online. They're locked up at home right now due to the time that we're in. And they're thinking of getting into solo RPGs. What, what's the most compelling reason? What's the most uh, useful tip they should take away? Well,
1: I think it's something I said earlier, a couple of things. One would be not to try to emulate the experience that you would be having with your GM, because, I think that just leads to disappointment because it's really not the same thing it just at least in my opinion it's just not um it might feel on some level occasionally similar but it's ultimately not the same thing so i think having the right mindset is really important and i think if you're a board gamer i would suggest looking to some of your board game components for inspiration to start a session so i've talked about this also and demonstrated this also in other videos I have, but if you have a favorite, say you're doing something in fantasy, you have a favorite fantasy board game, you know, take out, take out the board game and look at whether it's modular pieces or an actual game board. And imagine that you're creating a character really living in that world, not in the board game, but in that world separate from the board game, maybe as a place to start, because that way, some of the narrative lifting has already been done for you. And you can spark your imagination with, a board game perhaps, or a world perhaps that you already have some attachment to that you already like and that you already feel a connection to. I think that makes it like you're not starting totally from a blank page, because I think what can happen is people will sit down, they'll get all excited about doing it. Maybe they'll make a character because making a character is the easiest thing to do on your own because their structure is already there for you, but then they have nothing for their character to do. So... Mm -hmm. My advice is to start really with an environment. Think about a place, figure out a place. And you could figure out that place by looking at a board game. You could figure out that place by rolling on some random tables, or you could just invent the place, or you could roll on a novel and come up with a place. But if you have a place and then you make your character, once you attach your character into a place, you will be able to suggest and you will have suggested to you things to do.
0: I think that's excellent advice, even for people who are still playing the traditional DM and player mode. Um, sometimes there's a disconnect between the world that the DM presents and the, and the characters the players bring. And I think um, using that same methodology of before you, every, everybody gets together, sitting down and deciding some of that stuff is definitely useful there as well. And that's uh, that's really good advice. Besides the channel, is there anything else that you've been working on?
1: I've been working on a book I've been working on a solo GM guide and I should say I am still working on it and this is going to be for the soloist some of the ideas some of the principles some of the narrative concepts that I talk about on the channel it is going to be rules neutral so the the purpose of it is really for the soloist looking to understand some of the the narrative tricks and tips that I have and things that make sessions work no matter what role system you're using. so that's a project of mine. and I'm also just thinking about the channel in terms of what what's next you know what uh, what videos I can provide that will be demonstrations of gameplay that will be demonstrations of, narrative understandings or concepts in RPGs. So I'm always thinking about that too, but um, right now a lot of energy is going to uh, finishing up this manuscript.
0: I look forward to seeing it. Is it something that's far away or is it uh, something you think will be relatively close?
1: Well, you know, I'm in book publishing in the real world, so I'm going to have to say it's um, never as close as you want it to be. <laughs> but <laughs> the most of the writing is done now. I'm just sort of polishing up some things, and um, it's it's on the way. We'll put it that way.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much for talking to me about this. Uh, I think it's something that that people should try out more, if for nothing else, just to flex creativity a little bit on their own end. And uh, there is, I know, I know it's not a writing a story it's just you know going through a, a creative narrative but there is the the national novel writing month maybe folks could use this as inspiration for creating a character in a setting and and going and getting a little story written outside of uh, solo RPGing as well
1: well you know that's a great idea that's i hadn't really ever made that connection but it's a it's a great idea and i think as i said i think there's a lot of i know there's a whole area of solo rpging that i don't i don't really have a lot of knowledge about because it's not the way I play, but that really does involve a heavy writing component where the rule sets are largely writing prompts. And I think that is a wonderful way to experience play. As I said, it's not my preferred way because I really still like rolling the dice and focusing on the different rules that allow for actions to happen differently depending on what rule set you're using. But, um, certainly thinking about it in that way and if somebody is drawn to it in that way that's a great way to experience it as well
0: awesome so Deborah everybody can find you on the uh, geek gamer website or sorry Geek gamer, gamer YouTube channel do you have do you have a website as well or is it just a youtube channel
1: it's just the YouTube channel right now I um, not I don't really have any other social media it's just geek gamers as the YouTube channel and that's where it can be found I have an email address there if you want to contact me for a gaming business purpose. But that's, um, that's the extent of it at the moment.
0: All right. So I hope everybody goes over and takes a look at the videos. She has a lot of videos there. And they're all fantastic. And I'm sure once uh, more news of the book comes out, she'll be sharing it on there. I'll include a link to the YouTube channel in the description of the of the podcast. And again, I thank you for taking the time to talk to me. It was a lot of fun. I'm going to try to take some of those tips that you mentioned, especially that the one of taking a book. I never thought of that. And I think it's amazing. Um, I'm just looking over my bookshelf now going, yep, there's a bunch of stuff over there. I can start pulling down to find out some, uh, some, uh, you know, prompts or what have you to continue a story. Uh, But thanks again so much for talking with me. It was great.
1: Well, Kevin, thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. And I've enjoyed it as well. Great.
0: So folks, this wraps up this episode of the Red Caps podcast. I hope you enjoyed, learned something, and you're eager to come back for more. If you could subscribe in the podcasting app of your choice, it would warm my cold little heart. If you want to find me, you can find me at anchor.fm slash the or say hi to me on Twitter or Facebook at the Red caps Net. There's a Discord server as well, and that'll be linked down in the description of the podcast. Until next time, remember, never let your caps dry out. Stay safe. Have fun. We'll talk again soon. Take care.